Are you drinking out of a Nicolas Cage mug? I sure am. <laughs> Good eye. Cheers to you. All right, Anne, let's let's kick off this uh, holiday season. That's outrageous. Yes. But December 2020. December 2020. Oh, I just have to say something really quick. I need to apologize to our listeners because oh. I edit the podcast and then I re-listen to it on the computer and it always sounds fine. And then I was in the car with my daughter and she was like, let's listen to the podcast. I swear I didn't pay her wow, to do that. But that's yeah. a bringing endorsement, bringing together mother and daughter. <laughs> yes. But I didn't realize when we were listening it, to it in the car, when when our favorite gal, Brittany, comes on, that song like is so much louder than the rest of the podcast. It literally must blow out your eardrums. It is? I don't know. I listen to it usually like on my phone with earplugs. Maybe I just, I feel like my hearing is, go everything is going, my hearing, <laughs> my vision, my, you name it, memory. So I think I just think it's my own, my own failings. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just going to say- if if I have inadvertently done harm to your uh, <laughs> hearing, I'm sorry, and I'm going to fix it moving forward. I just have to figure out how to modulate how that. that? <laughs> I literally jumped when it came on. I went, "Whoa!" Well, look, you need to listen to Brittany at full volume. That's you sure do. <laughs> you just do. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, and I, as you know, at least, am your best friend, Chrissy. You know, I said for the month, for the month of December, you, you are. <gasps> oh, that's right. It's your gift to me. It's, it is. That's yeah, right. That's right. A December to remember. Or is not or is that for Lexus? It is. <laughs> well, it is. Unintentional plug. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, and this... I appreciate that. And it just goes to show the gifts that mean the most don't need to be bought in a store. That's right. That's true, Chrissy. Who needs it? <laughs> Who needs, although I do have a list of things I want from, a, from stores. Well, there you go. Well, get the, get the list out. Yeah. Um, all right. And well, this, I mean, you know, I, I picked these stories and now that I'm thinking that we're in the Christmas season, well, actually they're all kind of miracles. So I'm going to say, I, I was going to say these are kind of dark stories, but now I'm seeing them in a different light. They're miracle stories. It's also the fact, you know, what's a miracle? The fact that we're all alive and functioning <laughs> at the end of 2020 because, you know, it's been quite a year. It has been quite, been quite a, year, a year and we've been very fortunate and, um, yeah, that's now I'm getting depressed. I think no. I might be depressed, but that's all right. This well, this podcast is going to cheer you up, Anne. Okay, this is it. Good. All right. Well, we're going to start with a story, and no joke. This is a story <laughs> about a hiker, uh oh, whose heart stopped for 45 minutes <gasps> and lived to tell. Did they have a near-death experience? You know, he did not mention a near-death experience, but we could have a follow-up. I yeah. think. Yeah. So this uh, is about a hiker who was found in whiteout conditions on Washington's Mount Rainier. Can I just stop you right there? Yes. Who? I No, just, I'm very happy you're alive, sir. But who is going hiking when there's going to be a snowstorm on Mount Rainier? <laughs> 
Like you're asking for trouble. You are inviting it in. Well, I, I think that some people, um, are just dedicated hikers and maybe, well, the other thing I'll say, and I don't know if this is the case here, but sometimes weather sneaks up on you. It does. But I'm just saying there have been time after time you hear stories about people, you know, going down paths they shouldn't and they, and then they get in trouble. And then, you know what? Somebody's got to go find somebody else's day is ruined because then they have to go get in their helicopter, whatever it is they're doing, track the person down, find all because they were not following basic rules. Yes. Well, I don't know if that's the case here, but yes, this man went hiking on Washington's Mount Rainier. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's how these things always go. Um, but his, here's the happy part. The doctors say he came back from the dead after his heart stopped for 45 minutes. That, and there's no problems. Wouldn't that well, cause brain damage or some kind of good question? Problem? But this, this actually, the, the cold played a role in his oh, miracle recovery. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this man's name is Michael Napinski. He was put on life support after arriving at Harborview Medical Center in Seattle, but the doctors were able to jumpstart his heart. He was put on ice. He, well, he- Nature's ice. Yes, exactly. That's what happened. So he was hiking in the national park when he got, oh, okay. Well, listen, he got lost. It happens. He got lost in below freezing conditions. This is what I'm saying. Why are you out hiking in below freezing conditions, Michael? And Navy crews, I don't know why the Navy was the called Navy, in. This is what I'm saying. So these Navy guys were fucking relaxing, probably. <laughs> having, a, having a beer, going, oh, life. And then they get the call. They're like, Michael's at it again. <laughs> Michael's at it again. <laughs> like he's a repeat offender. <laughs> like, damn it. Well, they, he was found unconscious. He had extreme hypothermia and his heart stopped shortly after so his heart was still beating when they found him but it stopped when he arrived in the er oh how old was how old is this guy again 45 oh he's young okay yeah so and they said he did have a pulse and no major injuries so they immediately thought of something called ecmo which is a life support machine that stands for extracorporeal membrane oxygenation oh and this machine uh, is a heart-lung bypass machine that removes blood from the body and runs it through an oxygenator before pumping it back in. No guarantee of recovery, but sometimes it can be life-saving, as in this case. And they said that the reason they chose the machine for this particular time was because Michael's organs were so cool from the freezing conditions that the organs were able to function with less oxygen, which bought the doctors more time to restart the heart. I think they should call that condition um, the Fonzie condition. <laughs> Why? Because Fonzie's so cool. <laughs> if you're as cool as Fonzie. <laughs> I do love Henry Winkler. He you seems know. like such a nice guy. I've been thinking about Fonzie a lot lately. And also Garfield the cat. Oh. I've, of course, the... I laughed. I was literally doubled over laughing the other day to myself because I was thinking about how much Garfield the cat loves lasagna. (laughs) And Nicholas was like, whoa, you're really, you're in a dark place, mom, I think. (laughs) I'm like, 
I was doubled over laughing about Garfield. <laughs> well, if only Garfield were on Mount Rainier, he too he could wouldn't have be. His- He'd be at home eating lasagna with the Navy guys. That's true. Well, and now maybe Michael will be able to do that. Oh. Um, so, so they successfully got the blood flowing. They then warmed his body back to a temperature that the heart could function and shocked his heart one more time. And it started beating again, which they knew would happen, but they were concerned that there might have been damage to his brain while his heart was stopped. But a miracle, a Christmas miracle, Anne. (laughs) It did not happen that way. And the guy woke up two days later and he said, when I woke up, I just really didn't comprehend what had happened. I'm extremely grateful to everybody here at the hospital for not giving up on me. I'm alive and breathing. Eight days later, he was discharged and he is expected to make a full recovery i think you're gonna say eight days later he dropped dead no it's a christmas miracle and <laughs> well i'm glad that he's well and that he's not suffering permanent damage but i yes. certainly hope he's not like now it's time to tackle mount rainier again <laughs> no he will you know he will <laughs> well maybe this time he'll bring a friend oh i mean god I think we got to give Michael the benefit of the doubt. All right. I give him the benefit of the doubt. Now here, I know this is, again, a dark theme, but someone, I have another story of a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Someone, again, who they thought was going to die, brought back to life. Is it Jesus Christ? (laughs) Well, we'll get to that with uh, Christmas in Palm Springs. But this one, I think, I actually think you're going to like this, Anne. Okay. So this was in Taiwan. Last words. Yeah. This was in Taiwan. And I actually got this story from the Taiwan news. Not even kidding. All right. So there was an 18-year-old man who was badly injured in a traffic accident. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And had been in a coma for 62 days. Jesus. Yeah. But he became, I'm not even, this is going to sound like a joke. Maybe it is, but I don't think so. He became conscious when he heard his brother mention his favorite dish, chicken filet. What, a, what is chicken filet? Is, that, it's is that a recipe or is, does he just like a chicken breast? It, yeah, it's really just like breaded chicken. It looks like they have a picture. Of it. It's so A chicken so cutlet. He was brought back to life by the mere mention of a chicken cutlet <laughs> yes. is what you're telling me. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's something. Well, and this guy, he was he was involved in a road accident while he was riding his scooter. And he's, this is crazy. He suffered serious damage to multiple organs in his body. And then they go on to list everything that was wrong with him, which is, is an extensive list. Uh, but suffice to say, his internal organs were seriously damaged. <laughs> and doctors performed emergency surgery and were able to stabilize his condition, but he fell into a deeper coma. Then he had six different operations. Jesus. Yeah, it's he crazy. He's hungry. <laughs> well, so then, uh, and they even, the nurse at the hospital said that he went through a constant tug of war with the god of death, with his family by his side, praying that he would wake up soon. Then on the 62nd day, his older brother suddenly joked, brother, I'm going to eat your favorite chicken filet unexpectedly his pulse began to accelerate and he miraculously began to regain consciousness god who knew it was that easy 
chicken a chicken fillet saves the day chicken fillet now he is fully recovered he's been discharged from the hospital fully recovered fully recovered i it's like crazy and he came back with a cake to thank the medical team and they have a picture of him with the medical team and the cake why didn't he come back with some chicken he should have that would have been i mean god well that's bizarre that the one thing that pull that's pulling him from the other side back back to, to be tethered to the earth was a breaded piece of chicken it's amazing it's kind of sad listen if you've been in a coma for 62 days that means you haven't eaten anything maybe you start like really being like oh i have a craving for my chicken filet i gotta come back and get it i i, I would love to know <laughs> i would love to know another christmas miracle two near-death experiences one due to personal negligence <laughs> you're saying. The other tragic accident but chicken saved the day some organization like popeyes or something has to get in on this he should get free chicken for life for life what was it wasn't there this whole thing over the oh maybe that no it was pre-pandemic when there was that whole craze about the chicken sandwich that was like selling out and people were going ballistic over it yeah from um popeyes it was popeyes right yeah yeah oh. well i don't know if that's still if people are still as excited about it as they were well i don't think anyone's excited about anything anymore but True. that i maybe in post-pandemic times it'll be it'll be reignited they should do a commercial of someone in a coma and then <laughs> at the bottom it can go this is a true story and then have them walk in with the popeye's chicken sandwich and then the brother go you know what i'm about to take a bite of this chicken <laughs> fillet and then the guy's eyes pop open it's like something out of a soap opera that you'd be like that would never happen that actually might happen on a soap opera i've watched them enough no that's what I'm, yeah but in yeah. soap operas you're like that's so stupid that would never happen in real life yet this is in real life in taiwan i love it that one i like i can get behind this one there you go i knew i'd get to i can get behind it all right Anne. that's the end of our christmas miracles <laughs> but i do have one more story for you okay this one i know there's been a lot of talk recently big in the news daily about <laughs> allegations of voter fraud oh god yeah yes now and i have uncovered a story of actual voter fraud but this one is not around the u.s election it is around a hotly contested election for the bird of the year in new zealand oh my yeah right so this is true too bird of the year this is something yes. they do in new zealand okay new zealand has an annual competition um competition what do they have them answering questions what are they making these birds do <laughs> it's really it's just a vote they have there's a conservation group called forest and bird and they run the election-based competition the point is to raise awareness about new zealand's native bird species many of which are endangered yeah well that's a but, good good cause okay. yeah yeah it's just like a fun competition which really doesn't mean anything which is even more bizarre that there was actual voter fraud but um to raise awareness about these birds so actually at this time that this article came out you might actually still i think you might still be able to vote in this if anyone has any interest but i need to know where these birds stand on world peace before i can make a vote <laughs> okay. Chrissy. 
I need, I need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, suspicion began when organizers received more than 1,500 votes sent from the same email address early on Monday. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, that's not very good voter fraud if you're doing it from the same email address. Yeah, they're not really. And each vote was in favor of the little spotted kiwi. Hmm, it sounds cute. Yes. And the organization says that is an amazing bird. It deserves all the support. But unfortunately, these votes had to be disallowed and they've been taken out of the competition. Oh, no. Yeah. The kiwi's fault. No, it's not the kiwi's fault. That's what I'm saying. There's still a chance for the kiwi to win. It could be the kiwi's mother. You know, <laughs> the, stage, the stage mothers. <laughs> um, What's she doing? What's her email address? Oh, the voting did close. The voting closed a little bit ago. But they said, or so anyway, when this article came out, they said the race wasn't over yet, um, but the disqualification immediately lifted one species legitimately to top billing, which is the kakapo, a rare nocturnal bird known for its owlish beak and yellow-green coloring, and the only flightless parrot in the world. Huh. And then, this is actually a very tight race. And then as of a couple days ago, the Andiopean albatross, a cri critically endangered seaboard, seabird, had swooped to the top of the leaderboard. Thrilling. Yeah, there's a lot. And then there's another bird. Who knew about all these birds? There's another bird called the hee-hee. I think that's how you say it. H-I-H-I. Also known as the stitch bird, earned an official endorsement from a sex toy retailer. Why? Well, Anne, the adult toy megastore extolled the polyamorous bird, which boasts oh. unusually large testicles and engages in face-to-face -face mating as a leader of the sex positivity movement among songbirds. That one should win. Just for that. Just for that. I like its platform. I like what it stands for. <laughs> and I think based on that, the he, he, hi, hi should win bird of the year. <laughs> hi, hi. Maybe that's it. Hi, hi. Yes. And I will just say that last year's winner, the yellow-eyed penguin, decided to sit out this year's competition to let other people get a chance. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice of him. Yeah. So this is a very tight race going on in New Zealand right now. Oof. Well, good luck to all the contestants. Good luck regardless, to all the birds. I'm sure your careers will still take flight. <gasps> How do you Anne. like that? That was good. That was a good one, Anne. Maybe I can yeah. host it. I would love to host it. Host the awards. Oh, the awards. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say they have a picture of the current top five right now. And I would... Um, Are well, any in swimsuits? No, they all, for some reason, put their... <laughs> I'll tell you, those New Zealanders are funny. Um, they all put their heads on, like, male bodies. Like, one of them is wearing a suit. One of them is wearing, like, a... That's weird. Steve Irwin, like, khaki shirt. I want to see their bodies, though. I know. Just like regular contest i want to see their full bodies oh actually sorry this just in there was a winner <laughs> i just looked it up oh god who is it i hope it's i, I hope it's the polyamorous bird it's the i don't know how you're gonna say it kakapo oh did it, wait was that the bird that they were cheating for right i don't remember wait hold on let me go back it was, okay, sorry. So yes, not the one that they were trying to steal the election. It's the nocturnal bird known for its owlish beak and oh. yellow green color. Oh, I like a nocturnal bird. Yeah, the only flightless parrot in the world. Congratulations. 
Yeah. He's cute. He's a cute little fella. Did they put a little crown on him? Well, if you go to the website, there's a big thing, Bird of the Year, with a big with a big picture. That's sweet. Internet famous. Next year for you, polyamorous bird. I think yeah. it'll be your year. It'll be your year, maybe. All right, Anne. Now we are going to talk about a movie that you chose for this week for the holiday season. Yes, the holiday season is upon us, everyone. That's right. And I know that I've mentioned this in the past, and I'm going to go ahead and mention it again. But last year, I'll just say this, put it this way. This morning, my husband goes to me, and I mean this, he was completely dead serious, earnestly goes, um, when does the 12 Days of Muldoon start again? Like, he dead serious said that. And I said, oh, well, I don't know if there's an official kickoff day. And then he said, why don't, I don't understand why it's 12 days. Why don't you just make it 25 days of Muldoon? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe that might be asking too much of people. And he said, why, why are you asking anybody to do any of this? But you know, I, it sounds to me like, like Mike might be conflicted because on the one hand, the sigh might indicate he didn't want to do it, but then he's actually asking for double the Muldoon. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. He didn't seem pleased. I'll say that. He was like, oh, God, why, why are we doing this? Um, but for those of you who are not aware, this was a real thing that I made my family do last Christmas. <laughs> a real thing. It was a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing that I invented. Yeah. My own personal invention. That's right. And I called it the 12 Days of Muldoon, and I made everyone watch 12 different Patrick Muldoon starring films. Mm-hmm. Not all holiday, although he has quite a few but we had other ones as well. But I invite everyone to participate in the 12 Days of Muldoon. And I will say, Christy, that this year, I feel like I had my own little Christmas miracle because I remember last year trying to find some of these movies and you couldn't find them anywhere and they, or you'd have to watch it on YouTube, I, including our choice that we're going to talk about, which is Christmas in Palm Springs. Couldn't find it anywhere last year. Could, I searched everywhere. And lo and behold, I look again this year, free on Prime. Yeah. Free, right there. And guess what? So are a number of other ones that I had been looking for are now not only easily available, they're also free. Well, the funny thing about that, Anne, is that you told me to go to Amazon to watch it. So I did. But when I went to the search, you know, you start typing it in and then things immediately start populating. Yeah. So Christmas comes up. I'm not kidding. There must be 20 different oh, Christmas different in Christmas titles. In, well, Christmas in Connecticut. That's a famous one. That's like the Barbara Stanwyck one. Um, oh, yeah. Christmas in every, every state and city. Yeah. But Palm Springs was like at the bot. Like you really, I, I'm amazed that you actually found it, Anne, because- it was like at the bottom. Like, I honestly think they had Christmas in Tel Aviv higher than Christmas in Palm Springs. Well, it was there. It was there. And I found I it. Couldn't have been more thrilled. Yes. Been more thrilled. Yes. So this is a movie from 2014 uh, starring Patrick Muldoon. And as we noted weeks ago, uh, his frequent collaborator, Dina Meyer. Yeah. Yeah, who looks, by the way, I bet she has a, a hyperbaric chamber because she, she looks must. amazing. She does look amazing. Like I couldn't, I was like, geez, Meyer, what are you doing? Yeah, she looks really very good. Yeah. 
I mean, Starship Troopers was probably close to 20 years earlier. She looks about the same. Yeah, she looks the same. It's amazing. Yeah. She looks great. So it's Patrick Muldoon, Dina Meyer. They play divorced parents. Not divorced. I think they're just, they're estranged. They're not quite divorced. Oh, they're not divorced yet? I thought they were. Okay. They're not, Um, they're, they're living in separate households. So. Yeah. And she's over him. Let's just say that. Over it. Yeah, she is over it. Um, Typically irresponsible, you know, wants to be friends with the kids rather than parent them, all that kind of stuff. And she is sick of being, you know, the 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 mom to him and the kids. One of those. Yeah, which I think is probably why they broke up. Also. Yeah. Um, Also, this you know this has a big cast. I was delighted to see Ian Ziering in there. I know you were playing uh, Patrick Muldoon's agent, Teddy. Yeah. There's Chokichi. Right. David Chokichi plays, oddly enough, I was like, were they doing this for some weird reason? Ian, her boss, Dina Meyer's boss. No, but he goes Ian. And I, there is a part in the movie which made me fully laugh because he goes, hey, Ian. Patrick yeah. Muldoon says to him, hey, Ian. And he goes, yeah. it's Ian. But yeah. what made me laugh is years ago, um, Mike used to, again, look, mentioned again, um, for, for like a, a good stretch of time, must've been on the same coffee schedule as Ian Zaring in the oh. coffee shop. And he would see him, I mean, probably I'd say maybe 10 times, like a good amount of times. And every single time the person, the barista would be like, Ian, Ian. And then he would walk over and every time go, it's Ian. Every time, which I found so funny because who, the barista gets everyone's names wrong. They say, uh, you just go, yeah, that's me. That's me. And you leave. Well, who's ever felt the need to correct? And every time I thought it was very funny. It's Ian. It's like, no one cares. Beat it, pal. Well, it, that is, a, listen, his parents cursed him with that pronunciation, but I can relate. I don't have an H in my name and literally every single person spells my name wrong. Every, every person spells well, my people name spell wrong. my name wrong. They never put an E. They'll just go A-N-N. Oh, see, but I feel like Ann goes, like there are, I think both are common spellings. You just have to figure out which one is you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. True. Whereas the H in Chrissy is just. Yeah. That's more of the common spelling. Yeah, it's something. It's something. But anyway. Well, anyway, uh, Ian, Ian, I thought that was pretty funny. Yes. And I love Ian Zeering. No, you really do. I find that interesting. I just give this guy credit. It's like he should have been written off. Well, much like Patrick Muldoon. They should have been written off 30, 25 years ago at least. But they're, here they are. They're still you're, at it. You're just admiring his tenacity. To I really am. The business. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yes. And I will say, not that we ever really talk about performance on these movie reviews, but I would say his performance in this was appropriately tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I think they all are. I mean, that's the beauty of the Muldoon. He understands what's going on. I mean, he knows he's not doing Hamlet, okay? And I just think the charm of it is it's like, let's just do this and let's, we're going to make this movie and then we're going to go, we'll go out to dinner later. And And I appreciate it. Right. So, so, and then just rounding out the cast is Aaron Gray, who yes, from Silver Spoons, from Silver Spoons and many other things from, yeah. from, I mean, I think she guest starred on every 
single possible show that was like in the 80s and 90s murder she wrote oh, and, for sure yeah yeah she's yeah. she's a, a familiar face um and then also bill cobbs who yeah. plays gabriel one of the hotel staff people who somehow is completely in the center of all action that goes yeah, on yeah. at this he's, hotel he's in everything too i like that guy yeah so the basic plot line is uh patrick muldoon plays joe dina meyer plays jessica they are estranged uh they are a strange couple they have two children who are scheming to get them back together yes and joe is into it and jessica is not yes because again he is the one that's like letting the kids do what they want which by the way includes hacking into both of their parents personal phones and email accounts which i found troubling and they seem to gloss right over it oh and they also make phone calls to important business people and pretend to be other to pretend to be people to manipulate actual business meetings where they're <laughs> taking place that's that's fair yeah, yeah. so through a there they live in new york but through various circumstances, it turns out they're both going to go to Palm Springs on business. She yeah. is trying to land the Palm Springs account, like the town of town of Palm Springs account. Yeah, you know how they always have to land the account, and they can only meet on Christmas Eve. Oh, yes, they're meeting yeah. on the 23rd, this was, yeah. And he is a playwright, I believe, right? Yeah. He's somehow involved in the theater and he has a meeting out there that's supposed to be in LA, but his kids conspire to have it also in Palm Springs. And they also conspire that he's going to stay in the same hotel. Right. And Chokichi plays Dina Meyer's uh, boss, but we get the impression that he has designs on her to be more than just employer employee yeah although i have to say i felt like it would it, it would seem like that and then they pull back from that and then it was very it wasn't i i'll just say to me it wasn't overt like sometimes he just seemed like yeah we just got to get this presentation done and sometimes it seemed like he was fishing for personal information yeah i yeah i they were trying to toe the line i think a little bit since he, he was the boss maybe yeah. and they didn't want to make him seem like a bad guy yeah yeah but yeah he i think he definitely and who can blame him? She looks like a million bucks. She does. And oddly enough, David Chokichi, who used to look like a million bucks, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I didn't think he was aging so well. He looked all right. He looked all right, I guess. I, I, um, so anyway, so they're at this hotel. Hijinks ensue. The kids are trying to get them back together. Um, and then, again, there's this hotel employee named Gabriel. Now, to me, Ann, this is this is a podcast first uh i don't know much about the bible at all but i was like well obviously this is a biblical reference gabriel being the the archangel sort of, or whatever right yeah puppeteer behind helping them orchestrate this yes. um so i did look up the angel gabriel and just just for your edification maybe you already know this but um gabriel is the saint gabriel sorry is the patron saint of messengers communication workers and postal workers well of course combo yeah so i think that that's probably why they chose the name because he's sort of central to the communication in this movie of like orchestrating where people like he's getting them yes. hotel rooms he's doing like 
He's making sure they're in different places. Yes. But I, so I kept waiting for the moment where it was going to be revealed that he was some kind of angel or right. like sent from Santa or something. That never happens. No, it never did. He's it just like did. a kindly. And then there's a couple parts where Muldoon is holding and shaking a snow globe. And you know, these Christmas movies love a magical snow globe. That's yes. like one of the favorite things. So yeah. I kept waiting for him to shake the magical snow globe and then they're transported or something. Again, no. Yeah. yeah. A red herring. Red herring. Well, that's why I had to dig into um, various Catholic websites to find out about the meaning of Gabriel. I'm not even kidding. Wow. I went to a website. Yeah. I can't believe, I, I think of anything this movie was to inspire people to go visit the Palm Springs tourism <laughs> website because the shots of, and I love Palm Springs. And I was like, wow, they really like to show shots of that tram. <laughs> There were, yeah, there were a lot of nice shots of, of, uh, of Palm Springs. Um, but so basically what happens is the whole thing culminates in Patrick Muldoon punching out David Chokichi next to the hotel pool and then throwing him in the pool. Yeah. He pushed well, him here's in. Here's the thing. So the entire premise of this film, <clears throat> Dina Meyer saying to, to Muldoon, I need you to support me. I'm finally realizing my, my dreams. This is a big account. I need you to be there and stop with the hijinks. And he proceeds to do literally nonstop hijinks. Like at yeah. one point he says to the kids, Hey, I picked up your mom in college by pretending I was, a um, giving a tour in an art museum. So yeah. then he does this again at an event for her work he pretends he's some sort of french i believe that was a french accent and he's doing like a stand-up comedy routine as a french uh thing and she a docent. Like, as a docent and i'm going this is the exact opposite of what she's asked you to do truly yes you've been and then again with the he's constantly skulking and hiding behind like fountains you know underneath fountains or, yeah. or palm trees and yeah. then popping out at the most inopportune and embarrassing moment for the wife. Like yeah. every time, all the half of the movie is her apologizing for her family to people. Yeah, he was actually, I will say, inadvertently sabotaging her whole um, agency pitch, really. Oh, I left and right at every single turn. Yeah. And she says, please don't do this. And then what does he do? He does it again. He does it again. Yeah. He, well, and this is why I will say that I thought, and I know this is going to be controversial, Anne, I thought that Ian Ziering should have played that part because I thought he had a lot more charisma that he was bringing <gasps> to his role than Muldoon was How dare you? His. I know. How dare you? First of all, Muldoon carries this thing because if he wasn't so charming, I would have been like, this motherfucker's got to go, but I'm still rooting for him. The level of sunglasses acting alone that he does in this film takes it to the top. Yeah. Well, I want to bring up two points about Patrick Muldoon that occurred to me while watching this movie. Oh boy. Okay. Number one, I, and I, I think I've mentioned both these things before, but I don't feel <laughs> like I have a resolution to it. All right. I really think something's happening with his hair. I, I don't know what it is. He certainly has like the Rudy Giuliani bad dye job going. That's for sure. That's definitely happening. Uh, beg to differ. That he definitely does. But I'm, I honest to God, I, I had someone else walk in and I was like, 
do you think that's a, like a wig? There's something about his hair that doesn't seem like it's attached to his head. I think it's just he has he has no shape to his haircut. He has thick hair. God love him. The man's over fifty and he still has a full thick head of hair. Um, and I think he just kind of lets it lets it be free. I don't know. I would really like to get to the bottom, to the, to the root, to the root oh, of the issue. I don't think it's a wig. I really don't. I, let me just say, the next time we watch a Patrick Muldoon movie, I want you to notice, especially like, you know, sometimes you can tell like in the back, if the hair is like not, especially on men, to the head. I think he puts, still puts like gel in his hair and tries to oh, like yeah, spike. He He's trying to spike hair that's too long to be spiked. It's not a good look. I would argue he shouldn't be spiking any hair at this point in life, but um, I think maybe that's the problem. I don't, well, all But right. no okay. matter, no matter. Okay. I'm fine with it. Okay. And so I, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of unsettled feelings about his hair. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I know that you posted this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, musician versus actor from Muldoon. That's right. And this movie ends with he, okay. So anyway, so after he punches out David Chokachi, he returns to New York. He the wife goes, I'm filing for divorce. Like it's a fucking rap, Muldoon. <laughs> And, and what does he do? He leave, he wasn't even going to tell his kids he was leaving. He just flees. Yeah. Which is like, oh my God. And then he does the sunglasses, which is my favorite when he wears the sunglasses indoors <laughs> and the only one on the street in the sunglasses. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So he leaves. He's like, I'm he out. He goes back to New York. And then there was this weird side thing about him having a fear of heights. So yeah. when he, I, that <laughs> was really that never... Was- yeah. That was never resolved either. But when he goes to New York, he forces himself, no one's making him do this, to go to the top of the Empire State Building. To conquer his fear. Yeah, and he's standing out there, like, talking to himself. And that's when he has, like, his epiphany yeah. that he has to return to California to, to win back his family. Right. And how does he do it? Yeah. I'll tell you how. Yeah. By pull, pulling the same kind of shit as he has in the past. <laughs> but this time, he's on a... There's, so there's a... First of all, it looks like a beautiful parade. I guess there's a Palm Springs Christmas parade yeah. at nighttime. And the kids go to it. They leave. The mom goes and follows them. And lo and behold, who's coming down on the next float dressed as Santa Claus? But one Mr. Patrick Muldoon. Right. Complete with guitar, electric guitar. Yep. And he proceeds to sing a tune. Yep. Self-penned, I imagine, um, about <laughs> being in the doghouse. And keep my, the best part of it all is that this float coincides with some sort of animal rescue. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Yes, yes, on a float, <laughs> singing about being in the doghouse <laughs> while simultaneously... <laughs> Showing shots of him and then various dogs that I just yeah. guess need adoption. Yeah, exactly. So it's a twofer. Between it's the flight, <laughs> the flight from New York to California, he's figured out how to get on this float. He's written the tune. He's he's gotten buy off from this local rescue and manages to pull it off and sing the full song the crowd is going wild yeah 
Dina Meyer couldn't have been more pleased. And the whole time I'm like, this is the ultimate thing. Like this, this is like, he's taking the sense <laughs> to the ultimate level or where she'd go. Did you not listen to anything I said? Instead, complete 180. She's like, we're back together now. Yeah, that was, yes. Well, it's funny. <laughs> I did, I did read one re- reader review that, that sort of downplayed the fact I, I mean, I would say the review downplayed the fact that the ending seemed hastily cobbled together. <laughs> but you know what the funniest part of all to me was? So she, Dina Meyer leaves to go find her kids at this parade. Chokichi yeah. follows. And then he, they, they have a shot of him seeing Muldoon appear on this float. And the look on Chokichi's face <laughs> is one of like admirate like you got me here i can't compete with that like he kind of smiles and nods like he like appreciates and respects what muldoon's done yeah well which is funny because in real life he would be smiling like that because he'd be like now this guy's really done it she's never going yeah. back but instead it was like well song about doghouse blues raw dressed as santa <laughs> I, this you know i just can't even compete with that well played well played muldoon yeah, well, so this is my other point about Patrick Muldoon. To me, that scene <laughs> solved the question of actor versus singer. Because clearly, in he's my a, mind... He's a triple threat. <laughs> what's, wait, what's the third? Overall Acting, charisma. singing, and what? Overall charisma. Oh, God. He's dancing? Yeah, I don't know. He he's Dog rescue, actor, singer, <laughs> dog rescuer. Okay, triple threat. <laughs> he was finding forever homes <laughs> he is clearly a better singer than actor that's all i'm gonna say oh well i, I think, think i think he's wonderful uh, wait do you what but what do you think singing or acting do you know he prefer he wanted to be a singer well he should have he does you know he's saying we're, we should be listening to the music, but he does it all. I'm telling you, he does it all. Well, I think his listen. Patrick Muldoon has been at this for many years, and again, God bless him. He's a working actor, so he's doing something right. But I have now watched a little good amount of Patrick Muldoon movies. His acting never improves, never, <laughs> never. But I think he's actually a decent singer. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was catchy too. But you know, then so he got he they, you know, um, he gets off the float and she's like, "Well, I guess we're back to get basically like I guess we're back together now because she was so impressed by that display." And then she starts saying, "He's like, I just want to support you." And she's like, "I want to be a dancer and a, and it's and to sing." What does she say? She's like, "I want to be a a painter and a dancer." And I'm like, "You just were going on and on about how this account was like so important." Yes. Well, she had earlier in the movie said she had put aside those dreams for a more practical career. Yeah. Look, there are a lot of inconsistencies in this film, but I don't care. I still found it charming and wonderful. Yes. A Christmas film that is just a good, you know, mindless hour and a half. Um, and you can look at Dina Meyer and spend that time wondering how she looks so young. That's it really that's, like specific, like products, a list. Yeah, she looks very good. There and much better than Patrick Muldoon or David Chogachi. 
I mean, Bill Cobbs looks pretty good too. Um, Bill Cobbs looks good, and Ian Ziering looks good. Yeah, look, I got no problems with Ian Ziering. I I'm really just don't. Saying. I really saying. don't. Good for him. Um, or Chokichi, but I found it delightful. Delightful. You found it delightful. I would give it a Muldeen. I'm giving it full mold Muldoon because you know I need Muldoon in ninety seven percent of every scene and i feel like this delivered well that's true oh well i will say this this is what also occurred to me because you know as we talked about starship troopers that had muldoon dina meyer and casper van dean mm-hmm. a lot of similarities physically between casper van dean and david chokichi i'm like this is just oh yeah. yeah this is just like a substitute it's like the same love triangle yeah but i will say this with all the muldoon christmas ones in general i find with the hallmarks and the lifetimes that 97% of the time, the couples that are supposed to be falling in love have absolutely zero chemistry. Always. I'm always like, who is this weird? It's always like some rando guy who's probably famous in Canada and then whatever like celeb lady they get. And there's never chemistry, but I feel like when it comes with Muldoon, he delivers. Well, I would say in this movie, I don't think she had chemistry with Muldoon or with David Chokichi. It just seemed like she really would be probably better off on her own. But, (laughs) (laughs) and I would say if I were given the choice between Chokichi and Muldoon, I would also opt to be on my own. I think I'd go for Ian's earring. This is a tough one for me, Chrissy. It is? is? No, I mean, I wanted to be Muldoon 100%. I'm just saying. Oh, his character. His character was exhausting. Yeah. He was. And I don't think I could be married to him. But then on the flip side, it's Muldoon. You have a soft spot for him, man. I know. I just, so I don't know. I mean, I might have to just be like, cut the shit. And if I see you on another float, <laughs> House Blues, there's going to be problems. You know what? I think someone like that, that might work for a couple days. And then he'd be on the St. Patrick's Day float. That's another, what would happen. Another <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would love that if he could be on and he'd be wearing like a leprechaun outfit yeah. and he could sing a song about luck yeah, and have the dogs again and have an Irish accent. Oh my God. If he, if Muldoon, I would love that. Well, Muldoon, I don't know what kind of name Muldoon is. He looks Irish. Yeah. I'm sure he is Irish. I mean, Muldoon, you have to be Irish with Muldoon. Yeah. He looks very Irish. He should, he should do an Irish romance. Oh my God. Chrissy, we're writing this. <laughs> I swear to God, where he has to go to Ireland because some distant aunt or uncle or something has left behind, you know, a castle or something. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then, or like a, maybe a bar or something. They've left some sort of property. He's got to go back and he meets an Irish lass. Yeah. Which means I have to start working on my Irish accent. I don't even have to be the main girl. I just want to make out scene. With Muldoon. I have to say none of these. Oh, that's actually. All right. Let me just say this. The last moment, of course, is the two of them kissing. I found their kissing actually gross to watch. It, it was, was sexy. I thought I was, I love that they were doing real kissing because again, in these Hallmark Lifetime movies, they're just these lame kisses and they have no chemistry at all. And I was, I thought they went in for it. They did, but they were not in sync. And it actually seemed like she was trying to, I don't know, get him on the right path. I, I, well, no, I was going to say, it seemed like she was like, oh God, I got to do this and let's just get it over with. Really? Yeah. That was not, that was not pleasant to watch. 
I'm gonna have to go back and watch again. Yeah. I it didn't bother me. I was like, that I was... thought it was weird they were full making out in front of the kids, but that's all right. Yeah, they were full making out. And again, I'm just gonna keep saying, I felt like for two actors, I know they they're not romantically involved who have known each other for a long time. It could have they could have looked a little more natural. <laughs> Look. Those kids, they broke into the computers. I'm sure they saw worse things than his, their dad's laptop than making out with the mom. No, who the hell wants to see their parents making out anyway? Oh, Not no. me. Note to my parents. Poppy, my <laughs> words of wisdom to you is don't make out in front of your daughter. We made it this far. Thank God. All right, Anne. Well, on that happy note, uh i think that'll wrap it up for this week Uh, and it was i look i it put me in the holiday spirit i knew we could do it yeah tis the season the most wonderful time of year it sure is the 12 days of muldoon or make it 25 your choice all right Anne. well i'm excited to see the list i'll say that good i'll be hard at work just like santa with with his list I'll be hard at work putting together my list. Yeah. Patrick Muldoon should be thanking you. Oh, he will one day, Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope if you ever get to kiss him, it's more natural than Dina Meyer. Well, practice makes perfect. There you go. All right, Anne, I think I'm blushing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> until next time. Chrissy, I'm going to make you force you to watch me and Patrick Muldoon make out. God, please. I mean. My ultimate dream. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll have to talk about that offline.